Welcome back to the Siloam Plus Podcast. My name is Josh Watford, and across the desk from me is... John Nicholson. I'm here. And we're in a new podcasting room. That's right. This is a whole new experience for us. We're in the office today (laughs) because my computer uh, does not have... I got a new computer, and it does not have uh, the hookup for this particular microphone, so that was... A blunder on my part. We were going to do it yesterday and couldn't do it because we're like, oh, we don't have a Discovered connections yeah, so don't work there. We had to figure out what uh, could work. And so uh, we're, we're going to... you all know that technology is our strong suit. So, uh, Certainly. You know, that's, uh, that's where we are with that. So maybe us being in a new room, it'll be a better podcast this time. Sure. We'll get all those five-star reviews that we've been asking for and nobody's been giving us. <laughs> Diane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, that's, oh, a, that's, that's a running joke. But anyways, uh, and and so coming out of the past couple of podcasts that we did, because we did a recap, and right. then we did kind of a, a looking forward, and then it was a discussion, okay, well, what are we going to do next? Um, we got to do all these five-star podcasts. And so we're really thinking hard about what to talk about. But really, I mean, to to be honest, we're thinking, okay, what's going to be beneficial for the church? Yeah, like we're not, we talk all the time, so I don't, we don't need to record our conversations <laughs> in the least, and most of our conversations are not uh, generally helpful for the whole church uh, to sit in and listen to. But what is something that we could talk about that we think would be beneficial for the church as a discussion right now? Right. And I thought, I don't know if you went back and watched uh, Roger's I haven't yet. yet, but he made a, a really good point, and this is part of why we came to the conclusion to talk about Ephesians. Sure. It's because it just seems like from many different avenues of our church right now, Ephesians is popping up. Yeah. Uh, Roger said that that's been their theme verse. Uh, Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 has been their theme verse in Sunday school. That VBS was Ephesians two ten. Right. That Lord's been leading you to talk about Ephesians. Uh, there's been uh, other stuff about Ephesians pop up. You know, I preached on Ephesians six earlier this this year, and it's just been kind of things sprinkled here yep. and there. That's like, oh, it's Ephesians again. Right. Oh, there's Ephesians again. Yeah, we just kept being led back to it. And I, I personally had been, you know, continually just being drawn back to it, and these other. Uh, threads, if you will, that, that continue to get sewn into um, our story here together over the last several months. It was just evident that Ephesians was something that we needed to come to grips with and, and spend some time together um, with over the next several weeks or months, however long it's going to be. Um, and that's going to be an interesting piece just because of our schedule yep. uh, with all of our special guests, and that's that's fine. But, uh, but this podcast, you know, and, and it's original idea was to give us just another point of contact to help you as a church and help all of us as a church to engage with where we are right now and uh, you know so we're going to continue to do that and Ephesians is just one of those places that we're going to be landed for a while and wanted to take some time today to, to kind of begin to talk about it and unpack it maybe get you thinking about it as well and uh, and help us all to to engage a little better but i tell you in our pre-conversation here something came out and josh i'm just i'm i'm stunned you know you work with a guy for eight years eight and a half years and you learn new things i just had no idea for the record i did not want to talk about this on the podcast <laughs> but john insists i think our listeners need to know this about you josh. okay all right 
but so we were just kind of talking as we're plugging into microphone and you know thinking about all right what, what are we going to talk about and i asked josh i said so what do you think of when you come to ephesians and he answers deep purple <laughs> and yes listeners my face is probably very much like your face is right now what what are you talking about <laughs> So just tell us, tell us about this. Apparently, Josh has he sees colors associated with with books of the Bible, with books of the Bible, with months of the year, even days of the week, with uh, people. I, I associate colors with a lot of things that aren't inherently colorful. Uh, yeah, I asked so him if he I, had a rainbow study Bible as a youth <laughs> person, but that wasn't what was going on. It's probably some genetic defect. I don't know, but. <laughs> Uh, it is what it is. And so I see Ephesians as just this uh, dark, deep purple color. So what do you think that signifies? I, mean, I have why? no clue at all. So there's, is, you know, we will come back to Ephesians, I promise. But I, I've got to unpack this whole color thing. I mean, is, is yeah, there significance so, to the colors I, for you? No, not really. I don't know. The only thing that I can think of is the, 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 the theme in here being the heavenly places mm. and... When I when I think about heavenly places, a lot of people think of uh, a very bright white and clouds and stuff like that. I think of deep space, uh, and so I, I don't know. That's that's my. I've never articulated this out loud before. So I'm, you are on record now. <laughs> I, I it's out, man. There's no going back. In the deep recesses of my soul right now that I've never shared with anybody. Uh, so no, that's just conjecture. I have no clue why it's a a deep. Uh, dark purple color, but there it is. So, so fun thing for you to do now when you see Josh to say, "Okay, Matthew," and he'll say, <laughs> "Maroon." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be standing around when some of these happen now. But yep. uh, that that is such an odd, interesting thing. Yeah, has this been like that? You know, this is interview Josh in a moment now. Has this been like this all your life? Or did it just materialize later? I mean, what? It, it probably materialized whenever I really started studying Scripture more, because uh, I'd, I'd get to know the characteristics of each book. Uh, but it's been for for as long as I can remember about months of the year, or about people, or you know, certain days of the week and stuff like that. That again, I associate with colors that you know doesn't inherently have colors to them that and some is, of them are opposite of kind of what you would think because i said april was white right and uh there again there's not really any real reason in my mind where i generally associate white and april together it's just when i get to april i think of of white i i, I don't know so such a know. fascinating thing like i said you, you learn something new all the time also do not come and ask me what your color is <laughs> I've already offended Pastor John about that. So, uh, just by the way, my color is gray. We were... <laughs> just, just don't, just don't ask me. Don't put me in that position. Oh, good gracious! That's, but that is just so. We're good. We're not here to talk about colors, John. Oh, but I just think it's such a fascinating thing, you know. Because I, I know, well, I know there are other people who have affinities with colors and yeah and it's a big piece of their it, it is not you know something that i can even wrap my head around but i i just find it really fascinating that that's something that your brain puts together yep uh in i that have fashion. no clue why that's funny so if you're out there and you're also a color co- connecting person uh you have a friend in josh now so yeah uh, i would seriously seriously if you are though if i'm not the only person to listen to this i would love to hear 
your color. We're going to start a support group here for the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need it. I need it apparently after this. I didn't know I was that weird. Oh, that is such a strange thing. I just, I, you know, I, I see Ephesians as I see Ephesians and uh, not colors. But uh, <laughs> anyway. What a bland life. I live. know. It is so bland. You know, I'm jealous. I mean, you know, here I am, uh, you know, uh, just living my life in black and white instead of a vivid living color here. But, uh, but back to that original question. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of Ephesians? You know, when I think of it, I think I'm like a lot of other people that immediately comes to mind Ephesians two eight. Yeah. Or by grace you've been saved through faith, not right. of works. You know that that passage. That's one of the key. Or Ephesians six, put on the whole armor of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and that whole passage because that's such. Those are such, uh, I guess, high point kind of critical passages for for most people's Christian journey. Yeah. Uh, and certainly theologically, you know, being saved by grace. Uh, that passage out of Ephesians two just is one of the towering points mm-hmm. um, for us. But um, I, I think very often that that's probably where most folks stop with Ephesians mm-hmm. um, and not really taking time to embrace what what really is being said here. Yeah, because there's a lot being said in this short letter. Man. It is so rich. Yeah. It is so rich. And I think one of the clues that we have about the richness of it is, as I preached a couple of weeks ago on that that opening salvo that he has, you know, 220 words in the Greek, one sentence. Mm -hmm. Paul just gets started, and he he just can't find a stopping place. Uh, You know, his I'm sure his... English teacher, or I guess his Greek teacher, was probably going nuts when she read this. But uh, you know, uh, um, but it is just this huge sentence, just pouring out all that God's mm-hmm. done. What a beautiful foundation to lay for the rest of what this letter has to say to us. Yeah. So there's, you know, I think of Ephesians too. So yeah. if you're, if we're asking that question of me seriously, uh, I, I would say Ephesians two, and it's not just. Chapter or verses one through ten, even though that still stands out. But when you keep going on in chapter two, yeah, man, just the the ending of chapter two in verse twenty two. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Like that is, uh, we talked about. Uh, so the young adult Sunday school class, we talked about the temple uh, this past Sunday. Uh, and I basically just did a biblical theology of the temple because in youth Sunday school, we were at Solomon. So since you've been talking about the Old Testament roots for New Testament faith, I figured that was a good time to just kind of blend all those together. Right. And, you know, honestly, I didn't even turn to this passage because there are so many other passages that deal with that. Uh, And so Ephesians just brings all these themes that are woven throughout Scripture together in just a really, really densely compact letter that is just overflowing with uh, practical application for us today. Great. Uh, Deep purple, man. That's, that's uh, Yeah, just <laughs> it's all purple to me. <laughs> no, that, that is awesome. And, I, and that passage right there in, in, in chapter 2, uh, and it's funny, when you read this, you realize that Paul, he doesn't even get to his, his theme until chapter 2, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's everything else is setting up. Uh, he's you know talks about God, then he prays for him, and then he talks about how we come to this thing, you know, through grace. And yeah. then he says, "This is about this unity. This is about being the church." But as he says there at the end of chapter two, being built together into a dwelling place by God or for God by the Spirit. Uh, yeah. This is the whole 
thrust of this letter is building that unity. And it's interesting, you know, something that we I think we need to keep in mind as we think about the letter to the Ephesians. This is one of Paul's prison letters. Yep. He's writing this from prison. And um, you know, as I've said on Sunday mornings, uh, the first couple of times I've been able to preach uh, in Ephesians is that uh, for us to remember that we know a lot about the Ephesian church in the New Testament because it's it's mentioned in Acts several times. We get another glimpse of it in Revelation. Uh, certainly we have this letter. Um, but uh, it's a church that is, is, is facing pressures from within, and we can kind of unpack a little bit of that about the Jew and Gentile slave and free kind of dynamic that's going on, but also pressures from without um, from their culture. Uh, which resonates really well for us, I think, in our day and age. But Paul is is almost laser focused in this on them maintaining that unity. I, really, at the end of the day, that whole, put on the whole armor of God is is largely about doing just that, so that you can stand together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, this is the so y'all can stand. Yeah. Uh, it's the all version of the Bible. Those are plurals uh, there in chapter six. It's not so that you Josh can stand, but you church together can stand. And, um, and so this, this is a, a big theme that we need to, to unpack. Yeah, another kind of big picture thing that has really helped me in reading particularly Paul's letters is, and this isn't a, you know, a super neat division that he has, sure. but a lot of his letters he does more doctrinal and theological stuff at the beginning of the letters. And then kind of towards the end or the last half of it, he deals with more of the practical, practical application right. of what he talks about. And those are obviously, they they, they mix together at points. Right. So like I said, it's not a super neat division, but it helps me to understand when I get to uh, some of the ends of his letters where he's talking about, okay, well, you know, let's just say in Ephesians where he starts talking about the husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with Ephesians two? Yeah, and uh, thankfully here in uh, in Ephesians five he makes that pretty clear, <laughs> uh, but he's not always that clear. And right. so it's making those connections between okay, here's what I believe and here's what I do based on what I believe. And I think that's uh, one thing that we have a lot to learn, uh, not just from Ephesians but all of Scripture. That uh, we're not coming to church just to talk about what we should believe, but what do we do based on what we believe? Yeah, uh, and I, I think you make a uh, you do a good job of making that clear. But I'm just you can't overemphasize that. No, you can't. I don't and, you know, we we have to keep banging that drum, if you will, simply because our our culture, our Western mindset, and our post enlightenment mindset has divided spiritual life from physical life. Yeah, uh, and. Put it on a different tier that you know what we do spiritually really doesn't impact our life spiritually. Paul would say poppycock to that. He would say everything you do is integrated. You you, you are a soul, and yeah. what you do spiritually impacts your life physically, and what you do physically impacts your spiritual life. And 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 I think he well, I don't think biblically he's right on. And I think we see that we'll see that played out in Ephesians as we get that theological background in chapters two and three, particularly most of four. And at the end of four, he begins to turn toward, here's how that works out into, we don't live like the Gentiles anymore. We, we yep. live differently. We walk in a different way now. Yep. And and you know he unpacks all of that. So I, I think that's a wonderful distinction, and it is something that we need to keep coming back to because, again, our culture, and this goes back to 
the reason Paul is writing this because of those pressures. This is one of those external pressures on the church. Mm-hmm. The pressure to, as he would say to the Romans, to conform to the world. Well, he's saying to the Ephesians, there's that pressure, but here's what you're created to be. Here, To be a temple for God built by the Spirit. This is who you are. Yeah. Uh, some some more intro uh, discussion because I don't know if we'll actually even get into any of the text today. Yeah. We'll we'll save that for another day. Uh, but one of the things that uh, I was struck by in looking up stuff for this was all the connections between Colossians and Ephesians. Mm-hmm. So much so that people believe that. Uh, so liberal scholars would say that. Paul did not write Ephesians, and it was somebody who was trying to be Paul or sound like Paul, and they were using Colossians in order to structure the letter and talk about the things that they talk about in the letter. But a more reasonable understanding of it for me is, or, or theory, is that they're both prison epistles, and they're written roughly about the same time, uh, and so, and even, the same guy delivers them. Yeah, and the same guy delivers them. Uh, you get at the end of Ephesians and Colossians, in the Greek, there are 29 exact words about Tychicus, mm-hmm. uh, however you say his name. That's how I say his name. Yeah. Uh, and, and so in the Greek, those are literally the same 29 consecutive words in a row uh, there at the end. So uh, it just makes more sense for yeah. me. Like Paul wrote one and then he wrote another and he doesn't want to repeat or he doesn't. He, he's dealing with some of the same issues in two different churches, uh, and he just kind of bring he kind of brings it all together in different ways for each church, but in similar ways. So, I mean, the, the reason why we're bringing this up is because I have a lot of people who come to me, and they'll have read something from somebody like Bart Ehrman or yeah. somebody else who denies the inerrancy of scripture right and then they'll just be throwing out all these random theories well i never heard of this i never well no these are these are real discussions that are happening in a lot of the new testament introduction type books um and so i think we just need to be aware of that and you can i i bring all that up say you can trust your bible amen (laughs) like you can trust god's word uh and there have been plenty of people who've tried to discredit it one way or another uh, but we still have it. We absolutely and do. And God still speaks through yeah. uh, Ephesians and Colossians and all the other books right. as well. So, right. And we have a long tradition of, of you know it being a Pauline letter. Yeah. And I, I do. I think there's a lot of evidence that's there, and I'm, I'm able to accept it. It's it's good to think through and, and think about some of those things. But then there are some folks, you know, you mentioned Bart Ehrman, and there are others of his ilk that they're doing their best to discredit. But unfortunately to their... Uh, chagrin, uh, they're unable to do so because the truth just continues to shine through these letters, and especially, and I'll never forget uh, one of my New Testament professors at Sanford. He said, you know, he, he was an older guy, and he said, leaned over his podium. He said, "Boys, the more you read this thing, the more it hangs together. The more you mm-hmm. see it sticks together, and you know, and this being made the temple of God. That's one of those places that connects all that Old Testament imagery and brings it right forward into that place." And helps these Gentile believers in Ephesus yeah. understand what their Jewish brothers and sisters are talking about, about being a place where God dwells. And then the miracle for the Jewish believers that the temple isn't some place, some tent, or some building that's in some other city, but now because of what God has done through Christ and giving us the gift of the Spirit, we have become the temple. We've yeah. become the place that God dwells. 
stunning. I mean, just mind blowing kind of thing. It's incredible. Like I said, we talked about that Sunday. And <clears throat> there was some some really good moments of some aha moments there yeah. that we we got to discuss. And uh, yeah, I, I, after I saw that in the, uh, Ephesians again, I was like, I was just kicking myself for not bringing it up. But, <laughs> uh, so uh, one, we will get into the text here. Go for it. The first word is Paulus. Paul. Paul. Did God change his name from Saul to Paul? <sighs> we just know the name changed. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if it was one of those where he but says see, I, to, to Jacob, "Your name is now Israel." Yeah. So, so many people say <clears throat> that God changed that Jesus on the road to Damascus changed Saul to Paul. But he keeps going by Saul for a little while there. Yeah, but he, it, Jesus doesn't do that. Like, Paul is just his Greek name, and Saul is his Hebrew you just, You're just in an anthill kicking mood today, I love, aren't you? I love kicking anthills. <laughs> Seeing how many ants come out of there. But, uh, but I, 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 think, I think even though that's a, a minor, a very, very minor thing, yeah. I think it just it calls us, let's, let's read the text more closely. Yeah. Let, let's, let's see what it actually says. It doesn't say that Jesus or God changed Saul to Paul. Uh, he was, it says, he was also known as Paul. And so particularly when we get to these letters, it's going to say Paul instead of Saul because he's writing to Greek-speaking Christians. Yep. Whether they may have been uh, Hellenistic Jews. I have become Jews. all things to all people, he says in yeah. Corinthians. And, and also in Acts, we say we see that he's speaking in Hebrew mm -hmm. to some of the Jews at, at one point. It's one of his trials. I, I can't remember which one. but uh, So, yeah, that's just me calling us to say, hey, let's... Let's read what the text actually says and not try to impose some some other type of reading onto it. But uh, yeah, and to that, you know, as as you're listening to this, and hopefully one of the outcomes of this particular podcast is is that you are going to go pick up your Bible and take the 15 minutes that will take you to read through Ephesians. And 15 minutes is a gracious. That's a careful reading. It doesn't take long. It's six chapters. It'll take a very short amount of time to read through that. But then maybe also take that additional step. Um, you know, Josh brought up the Colossians connection. Maybe go ahead and read Colossians and try to get this big picture. And then go back again and read again and, and start looking for what are connections with Colossians? What are connections to the Old Testament? What are, what are some places that, that maybe there are some other threads that I can trace that are going to give me some additional insight to this? Because I will guarantee you, I mean, I'm going to do my best on Sundays, and I know, you know, Roger, as he preached, I know he did a wonderful job, and, you know, in the future, uh, as we go through this, it's likely Josh is going to have an opportunity to take a shot at some of this. And we're going to do our very best to faithfully uh, address the text and help you to engage with it where we live today, right here in Marion, Alabama. But you're not going to get all that you need or could get by you spending some time and engaging with that. Yep. And just a, a commercial a plug for a tool that you have in your toolbox is the Logos Bible Study um, application that you have. And just learning. And I'm, I'm a learner with you. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing the amount of information and insight that you will gain just by spending a little bit of time, intentional time, engaging with that so that you can better understand the text of Ephesians. Yep. You have commentaries on Ephesians. You have a, a full-blown Bible study on Ephesians where you can 
write in your answers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I haven't personally went through that, but I flipped through it and it looks really good. Uh, and then you have several different Bible translations yep. uh, in there and uh, other tools to, to dig around. So there are word studies. You know, if you yeah. find something there, you just want to camp down on and, and get you know dug into it. It'll help. I mean, and you will you will be blessed by spending that time engaging with this. Yeah. Well, John, that's that's all I got. What else do you have? Let me give you one one point of the text, and this is one that just jumped out at me several. It's been several over a year ago now, I guess. Uh, that just really grabbed me. This is Ephesians three ten, and this this is just one of the ones that just continues to, um, I guess, uh, spark my imagination about who we are as the church. I, I think we undersell. Uh, we don't. Um, we don't realize what we're about when we get here. I forget who it was, but um, it was an author, and she suggested that rather than having comfortable pews, what we should be doing is passing out uh, crash helmets and life preservers and put seat belts in there because this is this is big stuff that we're dealing hmm. with when we come to church. Yeah. And um, and anyway, Paul says in chapter three, verse ten, he says, and he's talking about the mystery of Christ and what's been revealed. He says, so that through the church. The manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And I, when I read that, and I've read it, you know, who knows how many times over the course of my life, I never stopped to think about what he's saying there. As as the car goes by, um, we are we are big on uh, production value here. But anyway, um, what he's saying there about this, the church is speaking to. Um, and is making known the power of God to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. By our gathering, every time two or more of us get together at this place and, and, and exist, if you will, as Siloam Baptist Church, we are making known, we are declaring to all the spiritual powers the glory of God mm. just by our presence here. And I wonder how many times we leave church. I know there have been times I've left here and I've just been down, but discouraged. The air conditioner didn't work, or you know, whatever. Uh, somebody yeah. said something ugly to me. You know, people don't do that, but you know, I mean, <laughs> just you know, it, it maybe it wasn't this grand, glorious, you know, wonderful time. But what did happen, regardless of how I felt about it, is that the manifold wisdom of God was declared. That's right to the spiritual powers and authorities. Yeah. That is potent stuff, and that is an amazing statement that I think we need to grab hold of. And I'm excited about unpacking some of that, us being the temple of God and all of these things yeah. together over the next several months. Well, there's a lot to unpack. Whew. Absolutely. There and is. So we, we may go slowly through That's this. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I won't regret that one bit. No. Uh, so we'll see how it goes and where we end up. Good. Grab your Bible. Go read it. Take a little bit of time, wander through a little logos. If you got questions there, we'll try to help you out with that. And uh, and just feed on God's Word. It has so much to tell us, and I think we're going to be encouraged together as we walk through Ephesians. Yep, I agree. We'll see you all next time. And remember, if you see oh. colors, call Josh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody make any comments about that unless you agree with me and you're telling me what your color for Ephesians is. We're going to put smoke on the water as the uh, bumper music for our Ephesians talks. <laughs> or, or we'll just beatbox it. As we, as we go on. <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs>